0: I would have been two, four, 5, Thick. File corrupted. Beginning recovery process. State of the Save is back with another wonderful File corrupted episode. Hoping everybody's having a good week or whenever you're listening to this. Uh, we didn't get to do a File Corrupted last time. We, uh, had some stuff come up, and that kind of bummed me out, because I love doing these episodes. Uh, Michael, how you feel about doing these File Corrupted episodes?
1: I love these File Corrupted episodes. It's a chance for us to... I don't have to worry so much about structure, or if I get my points across elegantly. Because this is a chance for just to... There's no, go off the rails.
0: There's no analyzing of anything on these foul corrupted episodes. It's just a little bit of anarchy here and there and just see what happens. There's a rough
1: outline, but halfway through, we crumble the outline and just go and do our own thing. Yes. Or talk about card games for
0: an hour. We're still planning on doing that card game episode. Uh, next time Nick is available, I feel like all three of us would do the card game episode. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go. If you did not have an opportunity to listen to that file corrupted, I believe it's the last one on the feed. Uh, I think it's called Shame. Laughs and card games. Shame's laughs and card games, or something like that. Yeah, it's a very good. It's one of our best file corrupted episodes. One of our best shows, I would say. Yeah, definitely Maybe. top five.
1: Depending on your, if you like structure, that one's not for you.
0: If you like all the shows where we get real in depth and talk about like how the games work and. Yo, we really analyze things. That's not the that's not the show for you. That's not that. <laughs> but if you just like, hey, I like when things go crazy and they keep making dumb references to stupid stuff. That, that's that. That's that show for you. That's why I
1: love doing this podcast because we can have an episode like a Bastion where we can talk seriously and analytical about like political ramifications of video games for an hour, or we can be like, yo, this orc class seems pretty cool
0: yeah <laughs> well i think that's that's kind of video games right yeah. like video games can be a lot of different things and if you're only sectioning in and off one part of video games then you're kind of missing the full experience you know um like movies there's oscar movies and there's summer blockbusters uh Foul corrupt is definitely more of a fast and the furious kind of show than a uh The Queen's Gambit, Um, which is a TV show. That's a TV. I don't even know. Hey, listen, man. Premium TV. (laughs) Premium TV is just movies, man. Um, but we got a good show for you planned today. We're going to be talking console generations. Uh, just a random thing that popped into our head. Uh, Our collective head. Yeah, our collective head. We were like, hey, what's the excuse to do a good file corrupted show? And we're going to do our favorite file uh, console generation. We're gonna be picking which one. We're gonna defend our choices. Michael thought he had me pegged. He was wrong. You never know where I'm gonna go. Wild card. Wild card. There's just a tank of gasoline in the back of my truck. Apparently. Even if
1: he was thinking the same
0: one I was, he was like, "No, screw that. I'm gonna." Yeah, I would. I would have. Like, if there was four people on this show that all picked all my options, I'm still gonna jump to a different one just to keep things interesting. Um. Nah, but before that, we're going to do our normal thing. Let's talk about some games we've been playing. All right. I've been playing a lot of video games, Michael. Have you been playing a lot of video games? I have been playing a lot of one type of video games. Okay. I have a feeling I know what's coming. I have a feeling the listener is going to know, too. <laughs> what have you been playing? Uh,
1: Resident Evil. That cell really got you. It really did, <laughs> and now I am hooked into this series. I want to know all the lore. I want to know everything about this. So I'm trying to play it in a way that makes... Sense like pseudo release order because it's weird when you got remakes in there. So I finished two uh, Claire's campaign. Uh, I was expecting like no spoilers here, but I was expecting like when you finish her campaign on the second run, the like the ending section would be like a little bit longer than just like that like ten minute run near the end. It's basically
0: a boss fight that you get. Like, yeah, you don't get much else.
1: I mean, it was still cool. Like, yeah, that
0: game is still amazing. I would say like the breakdown of difference in content between Claire and Leon's campaign is like maybe twenty five percent. That
1: sounds about right. It's just enough to the main difference not doesn't come in like the structure of it. It comes in like the Claire's like compa- uh, character she interacts with, and uh the, excuse me, the changes in enemy variety.
0: Yeah, Claire's got a kind of a different driving force throughout her campaign than Leon does. Um, I do defend the statement that Leon is should be like a and Claire should be B yeah because I think Leon's driving force is the like the main focus of the game mm-hmm. while Claire is more of a personal story but it also walks better for Claire to be the one who faces that final section.
1: I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all in we, all, it's a, Leon's you know, like, uh, he's a good insert for the player because he's just trying to get to his job on the first day when everything goes bad. So he doesn't really know what's going on. Claire has actual ties to the overall story because she is related to Chris Redfield and she'll be a bigger part in the games coming forward. Then I played and beat Resident Evil 3 in about three settings. That is a brilliantly paced game, but
0: boy, I would be mad if I paid 60 bucks for it. (laughs) It is, um, I paid 60 bucks for it. It is very, very short, I admit that, Mm -hmm. but I will say this. It's fun. It's a tight game, man. It it doesn't, it has no fill. There's no wasted moment. Yeah, there's no wasted time, and, um, I kinda actually like the way they do the quote-unquote A-B stuff in there, where you play as a different character, because it's just integrated into your main story, or you know, it's not, you know, there is no like B campaign. You just switch perspectives. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy that game a lot. I don't think it's as good as Resident Evil Two Remake. Oh no! But it's yeah. damn fine video game. I agree. They probably should have padded it a little bit more. Maybe or
1: or maybe a cut the price to like forty bucks lunch. I mean, I got it for twenty, so I'm not mad at all. It was a very tight video game. Jill might be my favorite Resident Evil protagonist now.
0: She's great. They do a great job in that remake of her being... Even the opening sequence. so good. um, Which I think, if I'm correct, is the only time other than like 7 and 8 that I've ever seen a Resident Evil game in first-person. And it made me go,
1: I kind of wish there was a first-person mode for this
0: whole game. It's a good little opening sequence. Um, Jill also... It it feels really good, and if you've played the original RE three, RE three was also kind of short and thrown together Mm -hmm. because it was kind of a a stopgap game. You know, they didn't want to. I think, correct me if I'm wrong. It was not originally going to be the next numbered sequel but there was it was some concerns about putting a numbered sequel only on the dreamcast
1: there was a weird, yeah that's what it was like sony i think raised a stink about it going is like you can't have it we we are resident evil you can't have it on another place it i haven't looked into it and it's a little bit muddied on when did nemesis become resident evil 3 and when could veronica not become resident evil 3 because well that leads me to my next game i'm playing
0: <laughs>
1: segway segway um, I was debating, I was like, what's next? Z- I could play Zero because that's before One, so I feel like that'll tie up some stuff before. But I was like, no, Code Veronica came out before. So I popped in on my, well, popped in. I pressed play on my PlayStation 5 for R- R- Code Veronica and got the PlayStation 2 logo, which made me go, "Ah, this feels nice and warm and cozy. <laughs> and then you start playing it and go, oh, no, there's tank controls. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last game I played with tank controls was like a Dino Crisis 2, which uh, became an action game a lot faster than uh, Resident Evil ever did. Because Dino Crisis 1 was like a Resident Evil, and, Resi- and then they were like, let's just take like a Mercenaries mode and turn it into a full campaign. Because 2 is like Dino Crisis 2 is like
0: almost a straight up action
1: game. It is 100%. You, like it's there's a score, a there's a combo space. system with that game in terms of. Uh, you can use your shotgun and take out dinosaurs and get combo meters going. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a great video game. <laughs> there's been some talk
0: online about like, would it be cool if they did a Dino Crisis remake? I'm one of those people. I, Absolutely. I, I, I could see that. The tank control stuff. It's why I would never like advocate for somebody like you feel like, hey, I want to play Resident Evil two and three. I would never tell you go back and play the originals now that the remakes are out because the tank controls. Just they add that one layer of, of frustration to what is actually still a very good game. It took
1: me about an hour, but then once I got past it, I was just like, oh, this is just how it controls. Because there's nothing, like, fundamentally... Like, it's not asking you, at, the, at least this point early on, to do too much with mo- movement. It's all very much like, they're coming at you slowly, and you can kind of bob and weave around them if you need to. But... Ultimately, yeah. It's people who say that Resident Evil went off the rails with Resident Evil 4 did not play Code Veronica. Because man, uh
0: there's some stuff in that game. Dude, like I <laughs> I've said this before. They they did not play Resident Evil. Like those weird stuff in those alligators and sewers and stuff all over freaking Resident Evil, it has always been off the rails. Like <laughs> it was never on a track, at yeah. Yeah, there was never a track. Like <laughs> I think the quality of the track of the the train maybe changes a little bit around like five and six. I'm, and maybe, I I maybe it's Co Veronica. I don't remember much of. It's a it's uh, a trip. He,
1: Steve Burnside is the worst Resident Evil character. <laughs> 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 that that dude sucks. Is he worse
0: than Wesker? Yes. That, that's hard to believe. He,
1: okay, just there's a bit where you have to do a puzzle where you have to get golden guns off a wall to, to go and put in the place of other guns. Right. Then, so you're like, it does a resident evil thing. You pull it off the wall. Then you get a trap and go, Oh, I need to find a way around this. About like 30 minutes later, you go back to the palace and there's like an alarm going off. Going, I heard that alarm before you go there and he trapped himself in the room that you were in. It's like, get me out of here, Claire. And then he walks out with those guns poses with them, and goes, no, I'm not going to give these to you. I'll trade you for something automatic. And just walks off with the guns. And you're like, this dude sucks. For a second, I was like,
0: (laughs) wait a second. You too trapped yourself in there for a little bit. But you had the sense to put the guns back. (laughs) But then also, when he walks out and he just doesn't give you the guns, that's the point where I was like, yeah, that guy sucks. He's an asshole. (laughs) Does he pop up in anything else? I'm trying to think if he's popped up in any other games. I haven't... Well... uh, the
1: furthest I played is 7. I did not play 5 or 6, and I haven't played 4 in a bit. 6 so. is
0: a, a fever dream for me. I know he's not in 5. <laughs> so, like, I... It wouldn't surprise me if he's in 6, because 6 seems like... I'm probably going to make someone
1: mad by saying this as, like, a newcomer to, like, the Resident Evil, like, fandom. But 6 seems like the Metal Gear Solid 4 for Resident Evil in terms of, like, uh-oh. we're going to tie up everything and bring <laughs> everything together i know solid four is a good game i know
0: metal gear solid four is a great video game quote unquote because four is actually i would say four is worth your time i would say six is not i'm so i'm not i'm building there that's
1: gonna be the last
0: one i get uh, to because i'm like i gotta see how all of these
1: character arcs collide together for a grand finale who knows i might with the expectation that it's going to be trash
0: i might have a fun time with it I, I I don't think you will, but I sure hope you have a great time getting there. I am interested in hearing more about code Veronica when you get done with it. I am uh that one that one's just lost to time in a, my head. A
1: part of me is like maybe that's maybe that's the one we play for the show just because it's the one people don't really
0: The people who love code Veronica love code Veronica. I would I could see us playing code Veronica. We also have to eventually bite the bullet and play four um i'm like let's do it right now let's go i will (laughs) say this i will say this four is every time i go back to four i am reminded that four controls the way it does because in my head four controls super smooth and then i pop it in and i play it for like my yearly playthrough of four and i'm like oh wait there is still some some tank controls to this there's still a little bit of Leon having to Leon can't shoot and move at the same time. There is There's a, still a little bit of chunkiness here. He can't kick when you want him to. He has to get a trigger to do it. Yeah. Like in my head, four doesn't run like that. But every time I play it again, I'm like, Oh wait, duh. Yeah, the it's fir- like this. Too. The first
1: hour you're like, is this every time you go back to four, it's like the first hour you're like, Is this not as good as I remembered? Then you get past the, the jank, you get past the billy section and go, Oh yeah, this is one of the best games ever made.
0: Well, I think you get accustomed to it. Yeah, you get, you get accustomed to how you have to move and forward. You move in forward different way than you ever do any other way, in any other game.
1: There's a mod that took out the camera controls and made it like the fixed camera perspectives of the original Resident Evils, and you'd be surprised how much of that like gameplay philosophy is still there. Like you can do it, huh? Like. That's it doesn't fundamentally break the game so it's like not a lot has changed as you think going from the older games to four it makes They sense. just
0: put the camera behind his back and was like all right we did it <laughs> it makes sense because in four you still shoot and move in a very classic two three style or you know last time it would have been seen would have been code veronica mm-hmm. um so, yeah, I mean, I could see that. I would actually be interested in playing that game like that. I wouldn't probably play through the whole thing like that.
1: Just the village and go, ha, oh, this is cool.
0: Yeah, like the village is so ingrained in my head. I think I have that entire sequence all the way up to Leon getting captured, memorized in my head, just because I've played through it so many times. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, then we get to other cool stuff later on. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. We're gonna play probably four or Code Veronica. I could see those two being the next Resident Evil games we play. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: anything else you've been playing? Uh, went a little bit back to Final Fantasy VII remake, so working
0: my way through. That's still a great video game. Which I think that's that's game. That's another game like Persona. Mm-hmm. Where like when you're done, we'll sit. Down I don't and need have to final. I,
1: I talked about ad nauseum. I won't. I'll wait till the end before yeah. I like go into detail about what I played and what I think is next for the. Seven Saga.
0: I um I played a bunch of stuff. I played a bunch it's of. It's like you got stuff. a new
1: console or something. Yeah, I uh
0: I am not a, a FIFA guy. I've not played I saw a soccer game. I saw that and was like, is Eric okay? Well, I was should like, should I message him? This is a good looking game. Let's try out this new console. Should with I this...
1: should I call his bank and say don't let this man <laughs> buy some Ultimate
0: Team? <laughs> yeah, <there's> somewhere <laughs> some kids got my account and he's buying Ultimate Teams. Um, uh, boy, that stuff is like so jammed down your throat it's not even funny but they do that also for the nhl franchise that's how they're funding the dead space remake that ultimate uh, team packs which apparently the most profitable thing about their entire like company is the fifa stuff if you wonder
1: why every press conference was like why is there 15 minutes of fifa it's it's their. you wouldn't have ea if it wasn't for fifa ultimate team
0: i don't play any sports games every year except the nhl franchise and mm. even then i've kind of fallen off of doing that because like with ea sports franchises they're so small upgrades every year that it's very very hard to justify a 60 dollar price tag i buy one every console generation you probably like, I go it, what's the good one and then i think yeah. this is what has happened here for me because like a lot of people complained about the new release of FIFA. Because they were like, ah, oh, it's just, you know, small upgrades, yada, 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 yada. I haven't played one of these games since probably the PlayStation 2. And so for me, I was like, hey, ah, a pretty solid freaking sports game, man. It's pretty good. It damn looks good. It plays well. Um, and also, my knowledge of soccer is so baseline that uh, it's like, uh, it's a lot of me not being entirely sure what's happening. But I'm having a good time with it. But... Uh, some more interesting stuff I played through. Um, I finally started Hollow Knight, which is a game that I'm amazed I didn't play earlier. Um, I've been putting it off for so long. It's a damn good video I know game. No, it is, but. It's ah. a damn good video game. I had very, I knew it was like an, an action platformer, mm-hmm. um, but I did not know a ton about it until I just randomly started it up. And uh, a couple of little uh, bullet points. Some of the best music I've heard in a very long time in a video game. Super relaxing, kind of hmm. chill. It's got a great atmosphere. Um, I like that it's uh, the explora- the exploration in this game so far has been pretty easy to wrap your head around. I feel like you know what you're going into. You kind of pick up the vibe pretty quick. How's the How's the map? Because in a uh, advantage, you need a good map. It's okay. Okay. Um, I've not had to use it a lot because I'm still fairly early on. I've only beaten, I think the the second quote unquote boss. Okay. Um, I've been able to kind of navigate my area without having to get super into it. But they do have a good marking system where you can mark areas with like little pins, kind of like a like Zelda did. Not as well, but kind of the same way where you can buy like pins that you can mark. Like this is where. You know this elevator is, or whatever. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good game. I'm gonna probably talk about that a lot when I get farther along in it. Then I started playing one of the few Xbox Series X, uh, exclusives for now, the Medium, which is a a blooper team joint. <laughs> yeah, and it's okay. It's not bad. It's not like um, I the trailers and stuff put that thing more as like a maybe like a. Like a third-person adventure game or something, mm-hmm. or like an action adventure game, it's straight up like a like a like a almost a Telltale style adventure game so far, hmm. where you walk around environments, interacting with stuff, finding keys to doors, and you know finding things to change puzzles. Um, the mechanic of having your character be in two different realities at the same time is cool, where the screen splits, mm-hmm. and your character is in like Hellward in all ward and you can see them both at the same time. So she'll be like talking to someone in hell ward while she's like interacting the scene. Also in all ward. Um, it's cool. It's very like Eastern European style game so far. I think it's set in like Poland. Okay. But, um, it's, it's good. It's surprisingly good for a game that I felt came and went very yeah. quickly. Like, I don't know if it was because it was on new console or, and it was before. There was not a ton was of people who get their hands on the new consoles right when they came out. It was the
1: first like console exclusive for Xbox, I think, for the Series X. So and the fact that I like, didn't like set the world on fire, people were just like, oh, look at this. Oh, well, okay. I'll we'll just say, go over here and go so, do something else now.
0: It's a fine looking game. I would say that it's not like a game like I would show you, like the new Xbox with, mm-hmm. and that might be why it kind of got bypassed pretty quickly. But I, I like it so far. Okay. It's not bad. I feel like uh, I've, I'm probably going to finish it. And um, It seems like
1: a pitch for, hey, we should make a Silent Hill. Someone should do Silent Hill, guys. Please. And it seems like the rumors are that that team is getting uh, eyed by Konami to do the next Silent Hill. So far. That's, a ru- it's a, that's the rumor right now. But. So
0: far, it does a pretty good job with that. I mm-hmm. mean, I have not encountered any, like, combat or anything in this game. And to be honest with you, so far, I don't really want any combat.
1: Because if it throws it at you at that point, you'll be like, I don't know what to do.
0: Um, X. Well, also, like, if doesn't fit the character or the ward so far, like, this character doesn't strike me as somebody who's gonna be punching demons and stuff. Like, you know, it seems more like a, maybe a, just a psychological thriller, you know? Okay. Um, uh, it, It's pretty good so far. I'm kind of amazed that I... Am enjoying it as much as I am for what it is. Um, and then also I got on my little Boomer Shootle craze for a little bit. I went back to Doom 64, which is, in my arguable opinion, the true Doom 3. Because the shocking thing about Doom 64 is it's not like a just console port of Doom; it's a straight up different game. Well,
1: that's why it didn't do well. Everybody just like it. it's just Doom on the Nintendo 64. It was going to be called Doom absolution yes before like the studio was like um you can't you're putting on the 360 you're putting on the nintendo 64 you can't do that you need to have 64
0: in the title how else will it sell and to be honest with you i think for years i just thought it was a doom port and i think you told me that it was no it's a completely different game and then it um it was like a pre-order bonus for Eternal. and it's a dude it's a straight up really good Doom game it also does a lot of stuff like with the tech that's not available you know to like the original doom one and doom two mm-hmm. um i kind of did some research on why it didn't take off as well also i believe turok came out like two weeks before this also you right guess- and that was a
1: fully 3d game exactly then this was kind of like the even though the sprite detail in doom 64 is beautiful and yeah. very well done and argue and Not arguably. It definitely holds up better than Turok. Oh, hell yeah. Looking at it. Because you're like, oh, this looks like Doom and plays like Doom. If you look at Turok now, you go, ugh. There's so much fog. I can't see
0: three feet in front of me. Turok does not hold up at all. I would say Doom 64 is still a really good-looking game. And I would also say some of the maps in Doom 64 are better than anything in Doom One or Doom Two. Oh, they're very well designed. There's also some really, really clever stuff with like how some of the enemy placements are. There's some really good lighting effects. There's one room I remember that I walk into that it's like a blacked out room with only like blue squares that lead you throughout the space. And so when you're shooting it lights the room up, but obviously it's like you're being you're following those squares. There's a part in which you trigger a um like a crushing machine that breaks the floor of the level to get you deeper into the level there's a ton of great stuff there's
1: levels that like shift throughout as you're playing them they're like changing yeah those environments that, around it's crazy it's that, insane
0: that yeah. that game did not get as get more kind of recognition
1: if midway who made the port want or made doom 64 wanted to make it sell well they should have just called it doom 3 on exclusive to nintendo 64 that would have made
0: a lot of people angry but it would you would have made all the money in the world i think (laughs) having just not doom 64 would have probably done well too because then it's not like because like i said i just always assumed it was just a, a port i didn't
1: know until a There was a video on YouTube like years ago that was like, Doom 64 is an underrated game. I was like, that Doom port that I watched and go, oh, this is a completely original thing. That's really cool. It's like I said, it's really good. Then I found it at a con a few years ago on the Nintendo 64. Got for 25 bucks. I bet it's a lot more
0: expensive now. I'm about to say now that's probably at least a triple digit game.
1: I don't, I actually don't know because it's not how we saw it after now because of the ports that they did. But man, now the everything. collecting
0: market so insane right now, who knows. It's the worst. <laughs> um but then like that led me down the rabbit hole where I played through some Duke Nukem. Uh, I contemplated playing some Duke Nukem forever just to know like how that feels in 2021. I'm looking. You I have go- that game on a shelf. I have it on a shelf right over there um <laughs> but i played some duke 3d that would be uh, i went back to project warlock which is a good boomer shooter you know it's a modern day boomer shooter but that's on one. my wish list because told me about it and everybody like, should I play like project... the look of this there's a terminator level everybody should play project warlock uh they got a kickstarter going for project warlock 2 okay so uh, i'm probably going to end up supporting that kickstarter because i want that game that's a damn good game uh on that though i've been kind of just fiddling around with a lot of different stuff Uh, You want to talk about uh, our topic for today? Let's get to the topic. Alright, so we had a pitch. We're going to talk about our favorite console generations. And uh, this is a very subjective statement. Well, I kind of was trying to separate because I play so many games that are older games. For some reason for this show, some reason just out of curiosity. That I was like, well, okay, those generations that I like more in hindsight than I did at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to really think this stuff through. Michael came across and had the arrogance to say that, oh, well, it's just me and you are going to have the same pick anyway. So we'll just have to talk about that one generation. And that ticked me off because how (laughs) dare he think he know me. So, Michael, let's go ahead and start with your pick. Okay. And then we will go to my pick. And then we will have maybe like an honorable mention section where we talk about some other solid generations. That's
1: good. All right. So my pick was the sixth console generation, which is a weird I always thought that like numbering the generations was weird.
0: Because there's so way. much like like where does the Game Boy fall? Exactly. Like, so like we're specifically talking about console generations. Yeah, not like I know, but like I was thinking when I was thinking about this. I was thinking about portables at the same time. Like, like I was trying to lump them together. Mm-hmm. But they also fall in so many, like, bridges between console generations. Yes. That I was having a hard time with that because there was so many... Like, I was thinking particularly about the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that could swing my choice depending on which console generation is tied to that portable generation. But you're right. We're going to have to just stick with home console generations.
1: I am going to be talking about, like, some handhelds just because of their ties to the generation i chose the sixth console generation which is the dreamcast gamecube ps2 and xbox everybody forgets about the dreamcast it, i will never forget about the dreamcast. <laughs> it's a system i haven't owned but i watch a lot of things on just because i'm so fascinated by i've had a dreamcast on my wish list for so long and the minute those prices start to go down again i'm gonna scoop one up i
0: up I- I had a couple of people I knew who had them at the time. So I played a pretty good amount of Dreamcast. But I always forget that Dreamcast is technically a part of that same lineup. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it disappears pretty quickly throughout that generation's life cycle. But... it does. With the loot, once
1: the PS2 came out, the Dreamcast was done. Yeah.
0: And that's what I had. I had a PlayStation
1: 2. Uh, everyone has a PS2. Uh, had or has. Yeah.
0: It's... I w I wanna say this. It was very, very high up in my contender list for my favorite generation. Okay. Um i I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna try to undercut your your statements because that's what we'll do at the end. <laughs> but okay, make your pitch for why you think the sixth generation is your favorite generation.
1: Alright, before I get to the games, I wanna talk about like the consoles themselves. I have notes here. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. Extensive. So Let's talk about the Dreamcast first. It was a super ambitious last swing for Sega with a small but insanely diverse library of, like, arcade ports, some, um, just some, like, really in-depth, like, RPGs. Some of uh, the like, best fi- um, best fighting games best on fighting. console. Yeah. it's And it was online out of the box. It was the first console to have a LAN port on yes. it. Which will lead to like some of the crazy like
0: games that they were doing down the line. Because like you think about like the PlayStation Two, you had to buy a completely separate um, connection that goes onto the back of the system. The Xbox had a had a online capable from the get go, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that in a little bit. GameCube had none of that. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it, had yeah. that it had one
1: that had a LAN adapter that came later, because I remember like Kirby Air Ride having it online when yeah. I rented that. Then like. The next is the GameCube. It was the last traditional Nintendo console. Because when you think about what came next was the Wii, the Wii U, and the Switch. Those are very much doing their own thing. This is like Nintendo's like last play at the traditional console market. And they it was like the last time they had a lot of new first-party IPs. Like WarioWare, Pikmin, Luigi's Mansion, Eternal Darkness, Animal Crossing. Those were all like new games that they were making and it was the last time they really took advantage of some IPs like F-Zero had its last console game on the on the GameCube uh Metroid Prime was a GameCube game yeah uh they had a star they had Star Fox games on here it was crazy what they were doing with like IPs that they really even to this day like don't pay attention to it's weird that Nintendo's giving a lot of attention to Metroid like if you go on their uh, Twitter now it's all hype for Metroid Dread and I'm
0: like this is like feels so good that you're finally giving metroid this attention i said this because i think nick would make this statement also if you owned a gamecube you probably like per game in your collection your quality was probably a lot higher than on a playstation or an xbox because there was not as many great games on the gamecube but the great ones really do stand out like there's a lot of like what is good is very damn good um and it had a handle you could carry that thing everywhere yeah you could throw it too (laughs) not saying i ever saw anybody do that but the come with those things fly really well
1: then the ps2 is still to this day the most reliable dvd player like that thing still works and you can't say that about dvd players that came out around the same time Uh, that's why
0: people bought a ps2 i mean that was one of the selling points for when it came out for me, because it was like, oh crap, we needed a DVD player at the house. I My, need a if game I buy console, this PlayStation a Two. We also get a DVD player, you know. And it was, like I said, it was a legit, very good DVD player. <laughs> um,
1: the one I had was I, I got a PS2 used on like eBay. My parents got like a, a Game what It had a parental. I didn't know how to deactivate. It. There was a parental code on like DVDs. But it came with the code attached, so every time, like, a popped in a DVD that was like PG thirteen or higher, I had to in- enter seven eight eight eight. So I just remember seeing like the start screen going, "This has been parental locked," <laughs> and instead of disabling the parental lock, they just hit the button every time.
0: That's crazy.
1: I, I just thought that was really cool. And the PS two has the largest console library of all time. Steam has only Steam has more games than the PS two. Thirty eight hundred original titles,
0: and a lot of freaking bangers. Oh, yeah. Like, the PlayStation 2. A lot 2, of duds,
1: too, but man, <laughs> with a library that huge, you're going to have dude, those. dude,
0: I sold off so many of my PlayStation 2 games, and I feel bad that I did it, mm-hmm. uh, especially now that I have a show about playing old video games. <laughs> um, but, dude, there was dude, there was so many great bangles, and there were so many great games that you would never have seen coming. Like, I think back on, like, uh, I'm looking over there at some of the PS2 games that I did keep. Like, Remember, like, there was like great Lord of the Rings tie in games for the movies. Oh, those were fun. Like, the like two the... towers and And the, they the, the also had totally like co op, too.
1: So yeah. Co like, op action
0: games. Yeah. adventure games. They were good. Um, like, it's something that, like, today, the concept of me buying like a tie in game. For a movie is not like makes no sense because they're notoriously so bad. Or they're on
1: like phones now. Yeah. But too. like
0: on the PlayStation 2, there was some like legitimately good tie in video games to properties.
1: There were so many licensed games around oh, this time. Shit, which yeah. was both a bad thing, but also when you get like a really good one, those really stand out. Like yeah. the James Bond ga- everybody talks about Goldeneye, but the James Bond games that came out around this generation were really good too. Like Age of Night Fire Nightfire is an awesome game with Arguably better multiplayer than GoldenEye just because it took, like, that GoldenEye concept, added,
0: like, all the modes, but had, like, huge levels. Like, I can think of, I'm just going through in my head right now of PlayStation 2 video games that just, like, are, like, bangers to this day that if I, I would pop in today. Like, the Medal of Honor series was still very, very good at that time. Yeah. I think about Medal of Honor Frontline in particular was mm. really, really a good one. Um, you have Metal Gear kind of in its peak prime you know with with two and three on there you have sports games are kind of in there you had had sports games
1: that were competing directly with each other because ea didn't have their official nfl contract
0: so you had the like nfl 2k series which was under famously undercutting madden because they came in at a cheaper price point yeah for the last time they were like what's gonna be half the price i think it was 20 bucks yeah and it was a better game yes we bought madden me and my dad played madden every year we bought madden every year then that came out we bought that naturally because it was like well it's 20 bucks "Eh." and And it was amazing it was a great sports game uh 2k was doing that with a lot of its sports games and like their
1: sports game had like a really cool uh single player mode where you had like the the crib where you had to, like you could like customize with like your favorite team and that was like your hub it for was the also, story mode. That's nuts. It was, it
0: was also before sports games could become microtransaction hellholes, where you know there was no microtransaction, so you got a solid sports game every year. Um, I'm thinking about fighting games at the time on the PlayStation Two in particular with like Tekken. Um, Mortal Kombat was kind of in a weird spot. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't uh, say it was, it was, was a hell. transitional yeah period,
1: but before we got to nine. There was some... Deception was, like, the the peak of that era of Mortal Kombat, because it had, like, a really ambitious story mode where you're traveling around with Shujinko and everything. It was kind of like an adventure game, but all the fights were done in, like, the Mortal Kombat style, so... Yeah, I... Oh, Shaolin Monks, man. Shaolin Monks
0: was the Mortal Kombat game. You also buy like this is jumping over to the Xbox more, mm-hmm. but BioWare kicks in when they start coming out with that Knights of the Old Republic. Oh yeah, uh, Jade Empire mm-hmm. is in the Xbox era. Um, I know I jumped over to the Xbox for a second there, but yes, like fine. there's just this is a solid generation with a lot of games that a lot of the games that you're sitting around nowadays being like, boy, I wish they would come back with this franchise here or this franchise there. It's because of the PlayStation two and the Xbox generation. Yeah. And like say GameCube is its own little thing off to the side. Yeah. And about the Xbox itself, it was very much an under, un,
1: unexpected success. No one thought Microsoft was going to care. They thought they were going to be like another Philips or another like, th- well, 3DO was Philips. They, they thought they were just going to be like or Atari coming in, trying their best and go, oh, we tried. Yeah. Just pull everything. It, it didn't work out. So uh, Xbox was very much an, an Expected success and when the Dreamcast died, it expanded it really expanded on that and became the first like it had the first online cut co- console infrastructure. I like would... Xbox Live was way ahead of its time and it is tied into we wouldn't have the online services today if it wasn't for Xbox Live. It created that infrastructure.
0: I like, it's a spoiler for my, my conversation, but this was my runner-up for my favorite generation. You were right in that mm-hmm. aspect. But I will say that I did not pick the other generation just out of spite. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'll make my defense when I yeah. get there. But I don't think also people today might remember or not know, especially if you were too young or you weren't born at the time, which is a weird thing to say, um, how big of a deal Xbox Live was. Um, for me in particular a lot of my friends did not have we did not do pc gaming Mm -hmm. you know pc gaming wasn't what it is today it wasn't like i think it's accessible um especially for younger people like teenagers and stuff uh when halo came out and then halo 2 in particular the the insanity of the concept of like we're going to play multiplayer online against people all over the world in halo 2 like it was a phenomenon. It turned gaming and,
1: into a routine. Like, hey, we're gonna meet up uh, Thursday night at this time yeah, and play
0: some play a round, couple rounds of Halo. I can tell you, like, I remember sitting in those lobbies, the color coded for the team lobbies, <laughs> with your you know, or when you're playing free for all, having your particular color of your Spartan on your name. Uh, like, yeah, it was a freaking massive deal i rem i played several other multiplayer games at the time that were online multiplayer um played socom when that was a big deal uh the socom series also something i would mention is a great freaking video game also a ton of like something i know i'm jumping around Mm -hmm. a ton of also character like platforming games like ratchet and clank uh sly cooper jackson De- jack and dexter game variety was like at its peak yeah this era. like your your collection on the playstation like i'm trying to think of like what my collection was at the time i had like the ratchet and clank games i had socom which was a like tactical you know military shooter um one of my greatest my favorite video games of all time resident evil 4 which was on the GameCube and then eventually did come to the PlayStation 2. It's only on GameCube. It has that uh, banner right there that says only on GameCube. Yeah, because I had a PlayStation 2 <laughs> copy, Michael. And right, my PlayStation right. 2 copy came with a bunch of extra shit. <laughs> I, like, like I remember being so angry. I played Resident Evil 4 on a GameCube test section at the Circuit City when it came out. I remember I, w- I was sitting there playing it. I was like, this game is pretty good. I like what I'm seeing here. And it's the village section. If I remember correctly, it wasn't a like a demo because I don't remember a stopping point. I remember getting all the way up to a little. I remember getting past the chainsaw fight. That was times when
1: um, when you go to a GameStop, they would have the new game just on the kiosk, so you could keep yeah. playing it. I did that when uh, Smash Brothers Brawl came out because I was getting the game. I was there to get the game, but I was just waiting. I was waiting on my parents at the time to come back and pick me up, so they could buy it for me. But, <laughs> yeah. but so I was just playing the store. I was just playing like the adventure mode, and like I was like, "This is the demo, right?" It's like, "No, it's the full game." So I played like for like an hour while they did their other shopping.
0: I and I was like, "I can't wait to play this when I get home." The I, same I, section I just played. I remember playing all the way up to at least to the chainsaw fight, uh, losing at the chainsaw fight a couple of times and being like dramatically shocked at the concept that it was a one hit kill. And that you get your head chopped off. Um, I was so angry that we couldn't play it because I didn't have a GameCube. And like day one, that thing hit PlayStation Two. I got my hands on that thing. I acquired it.
1: <laughs> but like,
0: yeah, dude, man, the like, it's a it's an amazing generation with amazing games. Oh yeah. Um,
1: I'm, I could start breaking down the game. That's my it, next session. Wait, the games for the the big hitters for each console. Hit themselves. me up with some of these big hitters. All right, starting with the Dreamcast. Like you had. We joke about Sonic Adventure, but everybody talks about the whale. Like, you hit that, uh, well, you hit the beach level, and like the whale follows you, and that blew people's minds at the time. That was just like destroying piers and stuff. So, I'm not gonna touch on that a whole lot. One thing I do wanna talk about a bit Soul Calibur was big because it was the first arcade perfect port. Everything had compromises, but this was the first one that not only was one for one the arcade version actually it was better than the arcade version in terms of like its graphical fidelity but it had extra modes it had i believe this one had online play too it was like the whole package
0: which was a big deal and it, like so calibur was to me like at the time i viewed so calibur as like a like a skill like a skill based fighting game like i played street fighter and stuff as a kid but I was never playing at like a high level. Mm-hmm. And so like people who were playing Soul Calibur and stuff, I was like, man, these guys know what they're doing. It was doing. the
1: first one, it was the first game because like even when I was playing Mortal Kombat, it was just like button mashing. Soul Calibur was the one I was trying to like get combo strings right and everything. So I, not having a Dreamcast, but like, I'm talking about Soul Calibur 2 and 3. Yeah.
0: that era, which also had the craziness. This is the stuff I miss in video games. It has the craziness of each Soul Calibur each Soul Calib- 2 I think or 3 I think it was 3 2 2 had-, had a different character depending on which console you bought it on because 3 was um PlayStation 2 exclusive Yeah yeah so, yeah. so it had I think Spawn Spawn on Xbox Xbox Heihachi on and- PlayStation and Link on the GameCube I was so mad I couldn't get I had the PlayStation 2 version so I didn't have Spawn i really liked like i thought spawn was freaking cool at the time if That was like before xbox had like its full identity
1: yeah because nowadays it would have been like the arbiter if it came out post halo 2 the arbiter would have been like that
0: well then they added like spartans in dead or alive they, did. Uh, they had I spartans. don't remember that <laughs> yeah dead or alive had spartans um in it and i thought it was very particularly funny for dead or alive it wasn't just spartans it was like lady spartans because it's Dead or Alive. <laughs> you know, of course. <laughs> you want to talk about some weird freaking video games in uh, that generation? The Dead or Alive. <laughs> like, they had, like, the Dead or Alive series. Then they had, like, the Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball series. Then they had, like... Yeah, like, you had stuff that... Dude, shit was weird. The PlayStation, <laughs> Xbox generation and, and GameCube generation. Um, also, like... I, I'm just going through some craziness. Like, dude, like, there was solid versions of games. Like, uh, the NBA Street series... And like the extreme sports series, like EA had a like what EA Freestyle, which was like their extreme sports. You had the Tony Hawk game. EA Sports Big was around the time. Oh yeah, EA is yeah. Was big. I'm so excited! <laughs> I just slammed an open water bottle down. But yeah, that there was some insane games that you just you don't see a lot of anymore, man. Uh, next on this list is
1: uh for the Dreamcast is Shenmue, like something that was. Another, like, ahead of its time thing where you, you can look back at it now and laugh, but at the time, like, Shinmu was. You don't. Ar- arguably to this day, you don't make a game like Shinmu. What For are you doing? For a very good reason. For a very good reason, but the fact that someone did. The fact that you could just go in someone's house, open up their refrigerator, and see stuff in 1990 or 2000 when this game finally came out was
0: insane. If you told me if we went back in time and you were like, "Hey, here's Shinmue. It's an amazing game," in 2000 I'd be like, "Yeah, you're right," but the because is, you'd be like, "You can see inside this guy's fridge." The problem is I got people in 2021 telling me Shinmue is still a great game, and the only thing I can do is do the jerk off because <laughs> like I'm not walking for 12 hours. All right, those are sequence. Do you know any sailors? Oh Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> this was almost going to be a clean episode just because I realized I haven't been Carson a bunch, but now Shemuu pops up and fucks you. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Star Online, to this day, has a big
1: following of people that uh, will uh, running private servers per, for PSO, the first major like console MMO. I
0: mean, and a legitimate console mmo oh too. yeah if like, you look at that thing it's not like a you know sometimes you see like it's the first of this on console or the first of this and it's like you look back on it it's like that barely qualifies now that's a straight up mmo man like i give him credit and-, and you
1: could play that game offline and still have like because i played it offline yeah. and it was still fun it was like set up like a Monster Hunter before Monster Hunter. You go out, you take quests, you go do the quest, and then come back. It was like a grind for... Lo- it was like a Diablo, essentially. You're going out to, like, dungeons or, like, these, like, op- different planets. You're level grinding so you can get better gear so you can go out and take more higher quests. It's that um constant loop that just... Make- the endorphin loop that makes you just feel good. Just, like, go look yeah. get these. I, uh... <laughs> dude, you've got hell Hit me up with some more of this. How about you yep. do a run through
0: of the list, real quick? Gotcha. That's that'll easy. be there.
1: Uh, Jet Set Radio. Uh, we already talked about Code Veronica, Skies of Arcadia, Power Stone, Samba de Amigo, which was like the progenitor for the um, um, uh, plastic instrument yeah stuff that we'll be talking about later, and just a treasure trove of cult classics. Ill Blue Stinger, machinex, Cannon Spike, which was a shooter that starred Cammy from Street Fighter, and uh, Chuchu wait, what? R- yeah, there was a there was a top down like contra shooter that starred uh, Cammy from uh, Street Fighter.
0: What's that name of that game? Uh, Cannon Spike. Cannon Spike. <laughs> Eric's gonna be doing some uh, research. <laughs> gonna be doing some research on this now. And choo choo rockets. <laughs> hey. Okay, him so, keep hitting me up with some more games here, cause I'm we're gonna, I'm gonna hold my comments till the end. Okay, so that's the that's mostly the Dreamcast, yeah,
1: library. So moving on to the GameCube, you had the con before the PS2 like ate its lunch in terms of like the series, the Resident Evil series had the Resident Evil remake, which was exclusive for the GameCube for years until they decided to port it in everything in like 2014, RE Zero ports of two and three, and the first edition of Resident Evil four. You had Smash Brothers Melee, two great Zelda games with Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, the Metroid Prime games, Mario Kart Double Dash, Sunshine, Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door, F-Zero GX, which is still my favorite racing game of all time, easy, fantastic game, Luigi's Mansion, the golden age of Mario sports games with Strikers, Mario Baseball, Tennis and Golf, Pikmin, an insane remake of the first Metal Gear Solid. Pokemon Colosseum, which was like their first console par- Pokemon RPG, and WarioWare. So those are some of the heavy hitters for like the GameCube era. The PS2, like, there's some third-party games on here, but I'm mainly picking stuff that was heavily associated with the PS2. Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. ATV Off-Road Fury. We forget, was, how, big, oh yeah, shit. We forget how big those games were, because now it's just like the MX games that are... Yeah, it went like, on to this day, but everybody had a copy of Off Road Fury. Like dude, one, ATV two games,
0: uh, motocross games, mm-hmm. and like extreme sports games. If I in told general. you today, Michael, I am so excited for a release of an ATV game, you're gonna laugh your fucking head <laughs> off at me. Like, what the fuck are you? Playing? <laughs> but like, the thing is, you go back and you play these games, and I think one of the re- one of the reasons is there was no like quest for like simulation on any of these games like i think about the wrestling games at the time right like it wasn't about like trying to have a realistic experience on riding an atv or a realistic experience on performing a wrestling match Hit these it was buttons like, to do a superman <laughs> whoa people off of the freaking cage fall off it was insanity same thing with the motocross games it's like you want to pick up the bike in the air and do a bitch press with it and then land <laughs> on the bike, like, cool. It was just a level of, like, video games are fucking cool, yes. you know? <laughs> and, like, I don't know why we lost that in some of these genres down mm-hmm. the road. I don't know if maybe there was a vocal minority that was like, no, I want to learn, like, how to properly perform a move on an ATV. Did you
1: download the, uh, it was... a Games with gold. The TT Isle of Man uh a while back. It was a simulation bike racing game. I think is, it, like based on an actual like uh, race that happens. I was like, cool. A really fast paced motorcycle game. I made one turn and cr- turn and crashed. Yeah. Because I
0: didn't like break properly. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's what killed racing games. I t- I'm notoriously I don't like racing games. But you want to talk about like in the PlayStation Two era. Like Gran Turismo was a very you know, oh like, yeah you like everyone owned at least one Gran Turismo. I bought I had a PlayStation copy of Gran Turismo for the when it first came out on PlayStation One. Same it, eh. but like, ah, dude. Damn, I forget. There's so many damn good
1: movies. In this <laughs> Persona three and four, Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper, Ratchet and Clank. Which everybody who had and loved one of those series, but none of the others. It's Ratchet or Sly for me. I was not a Jack and Daxter guy. I was a Jack and Daxter guy. Yeah, Shadow of the Colossus, which is oh yeah, favorite like a- game of all, fa- one of my favorite games of all time. We should do that for the show. Yeah,
0: yeah, I would love to do that for the show.
1: Stunt sure. Man, which was weird, but just a
0: weird idea. Oh yeah, it was like, hey man, perform stunts for movies. Like none of this shit would fly today, <laughs> and like that bums me out. Like, and I don't know if maybe in my old age. like I know a lot of this is nostalgia. Exactly, I was yeah. a particular. If age. we go back
1: and play Stunt Man, we're probably gonna throw our controller within like. Three and when minutes. we
0: get to my selection, my favorite generation, nostalgia is gonna be a big motherfucker. All right. Statement, but like, <laughs> like I will say this. I think that in somewhere down the line and I think maybe when games get so expensive to make, mm-hmm. you know, the more expensive video games are to make, you gotta be more sure thing with your, your concepts. We're ge- we're
1: almost there again with like the return of like TH two, Nordic and like uh, Embrace the Group funding all these like B projects. So- like we're on the cusp. Of, like Biomutant would be a game though like this six out of ten video game Would not be a thing like 10 years ago. It would bankrupt the company. Yeah. (laughs) If they released that thing. But now we live in an age now where that B game is like coming back. And I'll look at Biomutant a few times going like, there's some, I don't know if this will be good, but there's some ambitious idea here that I want to play when it hits about $20. But uh, Final Fantasy X, uh, the Grand Theft Auto trilogy on PS2, three Vice City and San Andreas. Think about that. We had three grand theft auto is on
0: that generation
1: we didn't even have one on this new generation no we had five which was a port and then the first thing they announced for the ps5
0: was grand theft auto 5 i've watched that video of that one particular streamer Mm -hmm. i don't know the gentleman's name but he was watching i guess a reveal trailer for what rockstar revealing something for the playstation 5 and it's the rockstar logo and the excitement this man has, (laughs) has <laughs> only for it to cue another GTA 5 um, you know, trailer <laughs> and just the disappointment and rage. And I watched it, and I was just like saying, Yeah, you know what, brother, you're right. Right on, man. And I felt so, like you, I, I watched that video way too often because it's just like every time it pops up on YouTube, I just go and I go, This is, yeah, this is most like realistic, active feeling of disappointment I've ever seen on a video. <laughs> uh,
1: Kingdom Hearts Burnout 3. Uh God, oh, yeah. God of War One and Two, Devil May Cry, Guitar Hero. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Put let's put let's, a pin beside that. Let's stop. So we can talk about plastic instrument games. Well no, we're gonna talk <laughs> oh. about
0: plastic instrument games in a second. Okay. So we'll let's I'll put keep a pin there. Okay. We'll okay. come back.
1: Bully, Champions of Norath, Soul Calibur Three, which is exclusive to the PS two. Silent Hill two, Resident Evil Four again was a big game oh, for the PS two. Dude, it was so damn good. Kami, which showed that like Nintendo isn't the only company that can make a really good Zelda game. Yeah. Like, Okami was basically that, and Tekken 5 was another huge fighting game. Yeah. That was, like, Soul Calibur for the PS2, because it was like, oh yeah, we finally got a good... We finally got a Tekken game that was, like, better than the arcade version. I'm gonna... Because 3, you could argue 3 was, like, very close to it, but five on the ps2 i know i'm PS2.
0: supporting your argument here but this is also because this generation was very close to why i picked what i picked was my favorite generation um let's throw in there the splitter cell series let's throw in there oh yeah uh i have that in a third party section down here oh, because okay. again, there's so yeah, yeah. many games i I, okay. I did not forget splinter okay so. okay
1: go go on go on. next the xbox which was like when you think about it there were so that was the console for western rpgs and like Games you would only see on the PC. Coach War 1 and 2, Jade Empire, and Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind were games that would not work on a console until the Xbox because it had, like, PC architecture. That kind of bridged the gap in a lot of ways. Crimson Skies, which is on Game Pass now, but sadly not online multiplayer. I mean, I was like, that's the point of Crimson Skies. Like, you could play the single player, but you really, that multiplayer is, of course, Halo 1 and 2. That goes without saying. What are you going to say there? Uh, Star Wars Republic Commando, uh, Ninja Gaiden, Shenmue 2, which I'm going to bring up because it is the American-made game console that got the sequel to Sega's game.
0: Which is fucking weird. That
1: is crazy. So I just wanted to bring it up for that weird fact alone. Chronicles of Riddick
0: Escape from Butcher Bay. Which is a game that holds up. Yes. That is, you want to talk about... Okay, you want to talk about... Movie tie-in games. Chronicles of Riddick. Like. It did first-person melee combat effectively. It did first-person stealth combat. And, dude. You can't do a first-person stealth game today. Mm -hmm. Well. That was a legitimately well-done First person
1: stealth game. I disagree with that statement of how uh, the you can't do a good but first person stealth game. Most people don't.
0: Well, how many for the, everyone? Daily Sex, Prey, Dishonored. Okay, you got a couple of them here and there. <laughs> all right, but for everyone that you just mentioned, there's like twenty of them that are pretty shitty. But I, yeah, I, I, okay, okay, whatever. You <laughs> could <laughs> you 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 count by point of fiction. Like, <laughs> if this was a video game, it would have popped up. Count real quick. Um, but. Dude, that game is amazing for what it is. I I did not even see that movie. I, did, I, did not I see, saw that movie in theaters. I did not see <laughs> Chronicles of Reddick or Pitch Black until after I played that game. And then I went and watched the movies. And I was like, these are not as good as this game. No, no, of course not. <laughs> but what a weird world we lived in for a while there. In which a legitimate big release was Chronicles of Reddick Escape from Butcher's Bay. Like they did a really nice. Okay, we'll get that. No yeah, let we'll go.
1: Fable, Doom three, which I think was the only port of Doom three on that generation. I okay. The fact that it could we, even run it affect the Xbox could even run it effectively was crazy.
0: Something me and you are gonna talk about after this show. Okay, is a pitch for we own a YouTube channel link now. Yeah, and I had an idea, and Doom three factored into it. All right, let's... one day we will. We were talk about this. Doom 3 is a weird fucking game that it exists. <laughs> <laughs> and even though the first-party
1: library was limited on the Xbox, it was the best place to play third-party games because it had, like, HD capability, something that the other consoles didn't really have. I mean, the GameCube had component cables, but those were notoriously hard to find and are, like, a $300 cable to this day. So Xbox had that, like, out-of-the-box Also,
0: Uh, I remember this was the last generation in which you would run reviews per console. Yes. So you would review the PS2 version, the Xbox version, and if there was a GameCube, the GameCube version. Mm -hmm. And you never would mix the GameCube and the Xbox version. It was almost always the Xbox version was reviewed separately than the PlayStation and GameCube version because of some of the graphical fidelity, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. which was fascinating to me because everyone owned a PlayStation too. Mm -hmm. So like, even though that console was, in my opinion, kind of more powerful and more significant, the name brand power of the PlayStation at this time was just so freaking you want What's hot crazy?
1: The PlayStation 2 in terms of like raw spectacle was technically the weakest of the
0: three consoles. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. Yeah.
0: But dude, everyone it everyone bought a PlayStation. Oh yeah, price like,
1: effectiveness uh um convenience
0: and the fact name, that it was bundled name with value it, like yeah, insane. You owned like your parents went to the store and picked you up a PlayStation. It was just like the video game console. It was the last time you saw that was the Nintendo well like when it was like it's a nintendo you 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 kids are in there playing the nintendo yeah you you actually make your name so synonymous with video games that it's no longer like a video game console you're playing the the insert the brand here
1: now for the third party games oh shit tony hawk 3 and tony hawk's underground prince of persia sands of time you
0: forgot tony hawk 4
1: tony hawk well i thought underground did the four thing better the, you are fucking wrong. I'm wrong? Okay. <laughs> this is a conversation for a
0: different day. Because <laughs> we'll be here all day if, loved, we, if we talk I love the four. Tony Hulk f- franchise all the way up to 4. You did not like Underground? Underground, okay.
1: Underground, I understand Underground 2, but Underground 1? I did not like Underground as much. Er, Eric Sparrow was like the greatest video game villain of all time. You trusted him and he betrayed. He took your footage. I fucking loved the Tony Hulk <laughs> franchise
0: so much. <laughs> Like I still I, get mad when I hear Eric Sparrow. I'm just like that guy <laughs> I remember like dude I, I have a like I am a I am a thirty year old man. I'm thirty years old. Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk is still a hero of mine because of those games. Absolutely. Because those games like this is what I talk about, man. Those <laughs> games made me as a kid. Go out and watch skateboarding. Yeah. Like, Tony Hawk 1, when it came out, I had no clue what skateboarding was. I
1: watched skateboarding on the Olympics and knew what tricks they were doing because I played, like, so much Tony Hawk last year, especially. Dude, the so X So, when a guy games. did a kick flip to, like, a tail slide, I was like...
0: Yeah, I was like, I know that. Saw that. Cool. The X Games <laughs> are freaking... Like, when the X Games were on during the Tony Hawk era, like, it was a thing that we would talk about as my friend group. Mm -hmm. Did you watch the X Games? Now, I'm never sitting down and watching the X Games. I'm sure they happen. But, like, like, Tony Hawk made skateboarding. He took it from what was already a kind of a a growing underground thing. You know, it was getting popularity. But that, that video game franchise made people like me, who was a young kid who was not accessing any of that culture at the time, Want to like experience what was going on in the Tony Hulk ward? We all have t shirts that were like his brand t shirts. I had Tony Hulk branded t shirts, and then
1: people who actually skateboard call you a poser because you like that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I had world industry skate shoes be like, You poser? I'm like. Damn dude, right I cool. am. Who damn cares? right I am. Why are
0: you gatekeeping like shoes? Come on. Be better than that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, and, yeah. But like, yeah, I was a poser with a kid to that. So yeah. <laughs> I could skate more with the damn. I bought one
1: and I was like, I could ollie and that was it. And only that would work like 25% of the time. But dude, it was freaking fun and cool. <laughs> Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Time Splitters, the Splinter Cell series, and Spies vs. Mercs, especially. I just
0: realized that I still dress like a 1990s skateboard kid. <laughs> I just think about my choice of shorts and t shirts. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I've been poses, it's 98. Okay, go ahead. Beyond Good Evil, so many Star Wars games
1: Battlefront Episode 3, Jedi Knight and Jedi Academy, Lego Star Wars, Bounty Hunter, and Racer's Revenge, Spider Man 2 another licensed game. game great game destroy all humans indigo prophecy uh games quality aside it, it was games starting to be able to tell more cinematic stories indigo prophecy is a trip i love that game because it is so that story is nonsensical and so bad uh mercenaries playground of destruction another a great game so that's all like the at least from my perspective, all my favorite like heavy hitters of these generations in terms of, even though I haven't played all of these, like looking at them and go, I can appreciate what that did for
0: games going forward. I'm going to go ahead and, um, before we jump into mine, I'm going to just add a few honorable mentions to your list. Okay. Your list is very solid. Your generation was the runner up to my generation of what I picked. And I have to do a lot of explaining on why I picked it over this generation because this is a great generation of games. Um, this was the beginning of like the greatest hits collections on game consoles. Yeah. Where like Sony would re-release games for twenty dollars as a greatest hits edition. Most of my games I had in my collection like greatest hits or players' choice. Player's choice or Xbox platinum had hits. platinum hits. But like it's such a concept that today you wouldn't have to do because everything is digital. You just marked the price down to twenty dollars. But I will say this it made a lot of those games a lot more accessible to people because it was like oh hey you've heard a lot of good things about God of War you never played it Here's was a 20 dollars game you can or buy or if you buy it used you can get like 15 10 yeah. Yeah. Oh it was also the peak of like we all the n- used n- game market yeah, yeah like it was when GameStop was at its peak for me was the PlayStation 2 era also rentals
1: were still going on
0: this like the last valid. era of rentals you still at this had time. blockbusters, you know you still had Blockbuster and stuff um it was a hell of a generation. It was the beginnings of my love. Uh, okay, the, I'll transition into my. Okay, concept. I
1: will. I, I still have a section on peripherals and miscellaneous stuff, but you can go ahead. Go I, ahead and read your peripherals. Uh, all right, the Dreamcast had the VMU, which was a crazy, like Tamagotchi-sized memory card that plugged into the controller, and it had LED stuff like in Resident Evil. It would have your. It would display your health on there. Okay, um, and just crazy stuff like that and interconnectivity they had like actual games that you could play on it with a little d-pad none of them were like good and it drained like the clock batteries really really fast but you can do that uh it had a fishing rod controller that you could use with soul caliber and people do that today with and call it pole caliber people play soul caliber with fishing because there's motion controller support too so people you, like swing it like swords it is beautiful and you had the maracas for Samaday amigo the gamecube had the first good wireless controller with the wave bird yes uh this was a big deal the gba link cable it allowed for crazy connectivity between games for like a dual screen mode with like animal crossing you plug it into the system you didn't have to have a game attached but it would through the console like have a separate screen like if you go to an island on animal crossing the island would be on your gba and you go and collect like fruit that way and like interact with a, a turtle that way it was really cool Two Swords Adventures had, like, a mode where it was five-player multiplayer, I believe. I might be mistaken there. But, like, it had elements of that game that could only be played on, like, the Game Boy Advance. And in Splinter Cell, you could use it as your radar. Like, you could just have a peripheral here that was, like, your, that's crazy. And it unlocks content in some games. Like, that's how you get the Fusion suit in Metroid Prime. You connect it with the save data for um, uh, fusion. Uh, the Game Boy Advance player made your entire Game Boy library on your TV. I have a player. I got my game. I got a new GameCube recent. Well, used GameCube recently with that attachment, but it doesn't have the disc. Oh, damn. You need the disc. Or there's these things on eBay that have, like, it's so weird. This is another generation where you can't, like, do stuff after this. Someone, like, if you have a copy of F0GX, like I do, and you have, like, this, like, rigged memory card, you can activate the GameCube startup disk data saved on the memory card by going to, like, a replay section on s 0 gx and it'll just boot up the game that way. Someone has the game on, like, a memory card. Damn. Hacked. So I've been looking at those going, that's how I can play Game Boy Advance games on my TV. (laughs) And an ASCII keyboard controller for the GameCube. You might be asking, how does a keyboard controller look on a GameCube? Let me pull up this image just to show... Eric here, and look it up at home. This ASCII GameCube. Could,
0: look at this monstrosity. That was the thing. Like, didn't the PlayStation 1 also have a keyboard connection? They had one. Yeah, like, you could hook up, I
1: believe, a um um on the PS2, you could hook up a keyboard for, like, text input. Because and stuff. I
0: was watching someone on YouTube play through the Alien Retribution PlayStation game. Mm-hmm. And he was playing it with mouse and keyboard control. That's cool. And made the argument that that was legitimate because there was a keyboard and mouse attachment for the PlayStation. There was a there was a PlayStation mouse. So he was like, "It's completely legitimate. It's in the the settings menu, and it's the only way I can finish this damn fucking video game." I subs-
1: the only Patreon I subscribe to is a channel that covers like weird like games and peripherals like that, and he's got he fell into a uh, he fell into a pit where he's just like, "Let's talk about." Gaming mice, and I'm like, <laughs> Yes, please, I'll, I'll donate a dollar a month to this content. Okay,
0: hit me up with some more of these profiles. Uh,
1: PlayStation 2, Plastic Instruments, uh, the iToy, the multi tap for eight player games. If you're a madman, you could play SmackDown, shut your mouth with um, eight players. What, uh, uh, locally, that's yeah. insane. And the HDD upgrade with the network adapter attachment so you could play, like, Final Fantasy XI online and games like that. Okay. And some miscellaneous information here. We talked about licensed games galore. There were more studios today leading to, like, larger spectrums of budget the yeah. B game, if you will. There was a lot of experimentation in game design. Like, we had the rise of open-world games, kind of modernizing console first-person shooters. And, like, Resident Evil 4, reinventing the third-person shooter. Gears of War changed its control scheme because when they were in the early phase of development because Resident Evil 4 came yes. out. And they were like, this is how you do it. Also, this is how you make a 3rd thir-
0: They a third also ripped shooter. off a game called Kill Switch. There was a shooter called Kill Switch, which was a cover-based, third-person shooter. that mm-hmm. had blind fire and all the stuff that Gears did, but like came out for the PlayStation 2, I believe. And if you go back and watch videos of that game... It's straight-up Guilds of War cover shit. <laughs> and they don't mention any of that shit in those well, reviews. We, we can all
1: go way back to Nintendo 64 with Winback did that too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and online console gaming is the way of the future from this point forward. That's, that's my extensive right. notes on this generation. I took a long It was time. a hell of a... No, you did a great job, <laughs> and
0: I'm, I love that conversation. The thing that I kept sitting here thinking is what we should have done is just doing an in-depth conversation on each generation and have an entire series of foul corrupted. Just talk about each generation. Um. So, the MagnaBox Odyssey. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> um. So, when I was doing my decision, that was my initial pick mm-hmm. because I was like, man, that was a... the. It was a great time for video games. And then I was like, well, you know, going back before that, what about the PlayStation, Nintendo 64? But the problem with those generations is I usually only had one console of the generation. Mm. And I became aware of a lot of the other stuff vaguely, but there wasn't. And usually I was pretty happy with my console selection. I was like, so is that whole generation good or is it just that one console? I was kind of thinking about this a lot. Mm. So my choice is going to be a little bit weird, a little bit controversial, I think. Because okay. my generation is the generation after yours. But hear me out. That makes sense. Okay, so it's the Xbox 360, it's the PlayStation 3, it's the Wii. And you're going to say, well, the Wii should bring down your choices. Wrong. No. The Wii, wrong. The, no, no. You're wrong I'm, if you said that. I, you, not you, <laughs> but i the listener. The, the listener who just spoke up in their car saying, wait, the Wii should bring it down. Fucking yeah. wrong. Fuck you, but. <laughs> not fuck you, sorry. You have a right to be wrong in your opinion. But for my dramatic statement. Yeah, you know what no, no, what? Fuck you. The Wii, the Wii has, has has some good stuff. Let's let's have a Tell conversation. Tell me to my
1: face Mario <laughs> Galaxy is a bad video game. We will
0: fight. <laughs> no, but here's the reason. A lot of the stuff you just talked about there was amazing beginnings of a lot of these kind of like the western rpgs that you start seeing pop up on console that usually would have been pc exclusive Uh, you talk about a lot of those peripherals i'm glad you talked about those like the eight player you know playing eight player on playstation 2 the following generation is when that stuff became accessible enough that a lot of people got to experience these moments that is fair because i talked about the online here i didn't start playing online on console until this generation exactly that's my big thing so I was sitting here. I was like, "Why is it that that generation keeps popping up in my head? Why am I still sitting here thinking that's the one that wins?" The reason being for me is that generation is when that stuff went mainstream enough that you actually got to experience a lot of these things that I was reading about in video game magazines, like having these eight-player sessions or you know, people would get, we would get together and play like Halo One, but it was usually like you know just a two-controller split-screen kind of experience. We didn't have enough of a setup to have a lot of LAN parties and things like that. And when you did have those, it was like a once in a while thing. It was at, very hard at, at a friend's to do. house who had a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it was very hard to do. None of us had TVs that were easy enough to transport. You know, my
1: my TV at the time for years, even going to the 360
0: had like wood paneling
1: on the sides. Oh, I
0: had like a big ass for my 360 when I had my Xbox 360. I had a big ass 32 inch in depth long. Yeah, it was a yeah you yeah. <laughs> um, So, when the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and the Wii comes out, the reason why I feel like that's my definitive generation is one, online is hit the point that everyone had it. Yeah. So, it wasn't just this fringe thing that you had one buddy of yours who had the Xbox Live or had PlayStation online that you could play SoCom. Everyone had it. So, all of us were all had our friends. My friends list at the time, when I was a teenager, was this massively long thing of all of these people I knew. And every time you hopped on there, you had like 14 to 15 different people you could play with. You could form these massive parties. You had, you know, all this stuff. It was this actual basis for where you could hang out with your friends. Uh, it also, for me personally, this is a nostalgia factor. It hit in the perfect time I was in high school. So it was a perfect like way of like being integrated into my friendship with these people. Or a lot of these people I knew. Um, the concept now of like having a full friends list on something is insane to me because I'm a dark, don't have time to know that many people. <laughs> but, but like then, like it was just this big social thing that everyone had access to. Now, um, a lot of the games that you mentioned on the previous generation, I think hit their like their peaks. In this generation, so you're thinking about things like okay, like Halo, Halo One, Halo Two. You have Halo Three comes out that actually has four-player online co-op through the entire campaign. The multiplayer community is uh, like already was great with two, but three is when it fully explodes and you have Reach It comes out not long after that. You have the rise of the indie game um, with things like Summer of Arcade, which means a lot more at that time because there was less indie games coming out. Than it is now, mm-hmm. but like you have games like Super Meat Boy, games like um, it's hit my head. Just lost it. It'll come to me in a second. A lot of those other some are limbo. Games. Limbo, yeah, yeah. Oh trials. Have- trials, trials, That's trials, right, trials, trials, games, trials. Yes, you have games like that that are coming out. They are on Xbox Live Arcade. That you kind of get to you know, really force some of these indie games in front of a large group of people that you don't see. We did an extensive conversation about Bastion.
1: Bastion I did that back in two thousand eleven.
0: Yes. That was actually the one I was thinking. <laughs> which we just did a show on Bastion. The fact that I couldn't remember that. But you have like the rise of indie games, which is like one of my favorite aspects of video games nowadays, is these indie games or smaller you know, smaller team games. You start to see that coming with Xbox Live and then Playstation Three has games that start coming out. There are their own, like, experimental art games. You see games like um, Flower and things like that come out on the PlayStation oh, yeah. 3, which is not stuff you would have seen mm. before. Um, the Wii makes video games something that is generally, for a time period, every house had a console. Because even your grandmother had a freaking Wii, dude. And, like, games like... Say what you want about games like Wii Sports and stuff like that, but those were games that actually introduced people to video games, in a massive mainstream way, which out, without being like talking down to people. It was mm-hmm. a fun, easy to grasp experience that got people together. You talk about the rise of the instruments, right? Mm-hmm. Guitar Hero. Like Guitar Hero and Guitar Hero 2 are solid video games, right? I think Guitar Hero One's the only one on the PlayStation 2. Guitar Hero 2, I think, is when you switch over to the next generation. That was on PS2 and it was on Xbox PS2 PC. also. You had there was a ju- it was in between generations. I guess. Yes, it, even
1: like when I played Guitar Hero 3, I played that on the PS2.
0: Oh, okay, see, I was already on 360 at that point. I did
1: not get a 360 until 2011. I, mowed I was so behind, many, so dude, I was behind on that. I gen. was so
0: many yeah. yards I mowed to get that 360. <laughs> <laughs> but you have like the Rise of Rock Band. Where you actually, like, you have have all your buddies in a room. The amount of Guitar Hero 3 and Rock Band that was played in my friend group is insane. Never again would that happen. That I would have, like, 20 people in a room playing through freaking Rock Band. I have sung so many songs badly on a Rock Band that I would never do today. But you also have weird, like, you have DJ Hero that comes out. There's legitimately a fun freaking experience that didn't go as well as I think they thought it would.
1: I'd played a lot of that at, like, a Best Buy and a GameStop. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on here, but I can
0: appreciate it. We acquired a DJ Hero when I was... Because it was, like, rhythm games and and music games were a huge genre for me at the time.
1: We played a lot of karaoke games at my house, like Karaoke Revolution on the PS2. Well, that was before... That was on the PS2
0: and stuff, but, like, dude... That carried over. Yeah, and, stuff. and also I would say those games actually did influence a lot of people to pick up I- instruments. Oh yeah, I, I mean, Nick said it last time. We were on a file corrupted, I think. I said it. We picked up instruments after Guitar Hero 2 and 3, those games, games. But then Rock Band told a lot of people, like, hey, I think I want to learn how to play the drums and stuff like that. Um, That kind of made that massive ex- explosion of what was growing on the PlayStation 2. Explodes when it hits the next generation with rock band. And I get like that, that, yeah. The rise of also this is like the double edged sword, right? It's the monkey paw situation. DLC becomes a thing that there's so many positives at this point that you had. You start to see them go sour. But there was for every like thing like horse armor in Oblivion, which we'll talk about Oblivion in a second. There was also things like with um. Uh, like a like a rock band or something where you you would purchase individual songs and song packs. That was a huge thing for us. Where we're like, oh shit! Like every week, there's new releases for songs that we can play.
1: I would get like I was like a hero person. I wasn't a rock band person. I had Guitar Hero World Tour. Yeah. So like I was I would buy like um songs by like Devil's Prada and uh, Mr. Brightside. I bought on like using like whatever Wii points I had left over yeah. from like Virtual Console. Oh, that's another point. Another one to your point. The virtual console on Wii, like yeah. the first, like the retro explosion that happened because of like virtual console and people getting really into like old Nintendo and SNES games. You start really to see
0: cool. a lot of willingness to go backwards, which is weird because it also at this time this is when a lot of these consoles were not backwards compatible, which is kind of the weird thing because remember the PlayStation 3's initial release had backwards compatibility, but then very quickly that was taken out. But at the same time like because when i got my ps3 i got my ps3 late
1: i got it in 2012 yeah and i was like i didn't know so i popped in like shadow of the colossus going let's see this running on a P-. it it d- was yeah. like sorry we don't have this but ps1 games still works on that thing which is weird it is weird i guess because the you need a lot less architect yeah. because it's just like a cd so you're just reading a cd <laughs> at that point with, um you just have like uh one gigabyte
0: of space for the BIOS for the system, and then you're set. Yeah. I guess. The big thing for me, also, about this entire generation, while there is a ton of amazing video games that come out in this time, you, you have a lot of franchises that get started up. Like, you know, you think about games like Bioshock, The Last of Us. Um, right. You have the Batman Arkham games that all come out, which, you know, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City were huge releases and I think are still amazing video games. You have. The kind of rise of the multiplayer shooter genre with Mass Effects. Yeah. You have, oh, I was about to get to RPGs yeah, sorry. to a No, you're right. But, but like the Call of Duty 4s of The Ward that right. came out that set The Ward on fire. You have the last of like the massive like midnight releases are happening at this time. Like, I remember going to stand outside in the freaking cold at GameStop at midnight to get your copies of Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare 2, or the Halo 3s of The Ward. BioShock, freaking Assassin's Creed, like games that were not even like known franchises at the time. I remember still having these like massive excitements around them where people would go out and buy them on midnight. <laughs> like the concept of going out and buying an, like, an Assassin's Creed game today is not going to happen because we have a very like easy to, you know, download on your console or you can just, you know, pre-download the thing and have it sitting there at midnight
1: have it sent to your house day and day yeah
0: i mean you don't have that kind of last it's the last bastions of that super hype right um the i think sony takes kind of a back step in this generation for a long time but then they kind of come on strong at the end
1: when you look at sales data you worldwide the ps3 barely outsold the xbox 360 it was you could almost call it a tie at that point the 360 for a long time was the dominant yeah. console, especially here in the U.S., because of the, like, online infrastructure and the fact that, like, got out a year earlier and was at, like, a cheaper, more uh, conservative price point. So, yeah, and then it wasn't until much later when the PS3 got its, like, big exclusives like The Last of Us and stuff like that that came out near, like, the end of the generation, because that's when I got my yeah PS3 and I had a great time, like playing like all the stuff that I needed to play, because yeah. all that stuff was like really cheap at that
0: point. I mean, they also this PlayStation Three. I think you, know, it still has amazing lineup games there, because you have The Last of Us, you have Metal Gear Solid Four, which is the last like traditional great Metal Gear Solid. I will go to bat for Metal Gear Solid Five, mm-hmm. but Four is the last like traditional great Metal Gear Solid game. Mm-hmm. You have um, God of War kind of does its. Massive like triumphant end for what God of War used to be, and then just so, the so it ascension could...
1: with the prequel exactly.
0: The... So like there isn't like, but like you have God of War three that comes out there that's a solid fucking God of War game. I remember like some of the the big moments there, of, like just the massive scale of some of those battles when it pours out to see that you're fighting along top of a giant climbing a mountain. Like there was some really solid stuff there. Uh, Microsoft I think does kind of dominate the generation just because their online platform was so damn good. Mm-hmm. But also you have the beginnings of like things like I had a hard drive for the first time. I didn't have memory cards. like how big of a deal that was to be able to sit and like no longer be fiddling with what's on your memory card, what's there, easy downloads. like the hardware finally got to the point that as a console player, I was able to just have access to a lot more stuff and a lot less stress a lot less of the things that were just theoretical that you know i had to buy peripherals to have it just came packed in with the system Yes. yeah um it's i feel like that generation is when things like the modern day video gaming um kind of ward and landscape is when it actually kicks in like, the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox generation is, like, the last of, like, the traditional what games were. The next generation is when things start to actually lay the path what things will become. Um, and like I said, dude, those amazing franchises that start off in this generation that, sadly, a lot of them have kind of been beaten down into the dark by just repeating. You're on, like, your 12th Assassin's Creed. You're on your, like you know, 45th Call of Duties. But, like, th- like at the time, those things were still fresh and they were still new and they were still exciting. And you... If you kind of remove what history has done to some of these franchises, it still was amazing that these what these things were doing at the time. And, like, to me, that console generation is less of a solo experience. It was more when video games became a big social thing. Exactly. And, um... Man, this is just great stuff there. That's why I picked that one. And, like, I would say that there's probably poor game capita, more, like, amazing games on your generation you were talking about, for sure. I think poor experience capita, the next generation is when I really started getting into, like, these are experiences I've never had before with a video game.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. Because, um, i did the reason i'm like so much more attached to my generation is because um, that ended up sticking with it longer because the first console i got for that generation was the wii and i didn't get a 360 until i had my first like summer job and then buy, bought with my own money because i really wanted to play l.a Noir. yeah yeah. that was the game i bought the next generation console well that current generation console for I- was for l.a Noir. And that generation had been going on for years at that point, so I had that got me to like really fall in love with video games again, where I was just constantly just I had a huge plethora of game experiences that people had for years that I was experiencing for the first time.
0: I think also you know you talk about games like L.A. Noir, I might throw Heavy Rain out there, like <laughs> That's these a good are game. like. It's A good game is a cool. uh,
1: uh, 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 quotation marks quote unquote. Yeah, it's a it's a game that functions. Yes, <laughs>
0: but like there was a ton of stuff like that that video games were changing into experiences that I have never played before. Like I remember the L.A. Noir. Like the concept, like L.A. Noir, was a game that I've never I never played something like that before. Mm-hmm. You can look back and you can find examples of it it's like well it's got a lot of like old school adventure game in it but
1: with like the shooting of gta 4 yeah
0: but it was the the like the heavy level of detailing like the way that it was presented it wasn't like a presentation yeah being just, like an all-time like high at this point for a game like that you never saw a game with that kind of level of detail that was like an adventure game before um like I said talking about small studio stuff, you start to see the episodic content stuff take off with Telltale, where you see like the oh, yeah, Walking Dead, dead. Lo- uh, Life is Strange, Wolf Among Us. Wolf Among Us this is a great freaking video game. Um you talk about like you talk about stuff like multiplayer becoming something that's more than just a thing that you and your buddies experience, but like I think about things like Battlefield when it actually comes to console. It was the first time you actually had a PC equivalent Battlefield game. The first time you had multiplayer games where you actually felt like you wouldn't get gypped on the console. It was like a it was a PC equivalent. And mm-hmm. sometimes depending on the game it was better than the PC version. You have deals Oh yeah, in- like with Call of Duty, like there
1: was Oh yeah. It had dedicated servers and the PC was just like delay based like netcode or something. Yeah, yeah. Which did not
0: <laughs> You had a lot of weird stuff that came out at the time. I think about games like the Orange Box. That brought, yeah. Not only did it bring Half Life Two to console, but it also brought Team Fortress Two, brought Portal to console. Um, All the all the episodes of you know Half Life Two, Episode One and Episode Two was brought there. Episode Two, the same release as PC. Um, Like that stuff is growing and changing. You're seeing a lot of the bridge between like PC and consoles, kind of like
1: it gets crossed over at that point. Yeah, I mean, you're still gonna have like the big. The PC is still going to be the best place to play any video game, and that's just that's just the how nature of be. the business. Yeah. But I think that you're seeing that gap get gets a lot shrunk, and the gap a between lot. like uh, Japanese and uh, American games like shrinks too. Like, you know, there's like there were like day and date releases with the Japan version, which even on like the PS2 wasn't something that really yeah happened. It was always like they got it a year before us,
0: yeah, exactly. You start to see kind of like the wards shrink around video games to be more um you're all accessing stuff at the same time
1: and japan in that generation was kind of in a weird spot like if you look at cap they did not know really what to do with the hd era like japanese rpgs were still like long in the tooth and like people just couldn't stomach like a 14 hour tutorial anymore in like the hd era and um you also had like stuff with like capcom not like resident evil 6 yeah, and well five was apparently i uh, just not there yet but was like a really good like co-op shooter it was and, it was fine it wasn't
0: mm-hmm. something right home
1: about yeah but also like they their handling of like um dlc on disc with uh vs. versus capcom 3 and like having like multiple like iterations of that yeah so like you had a lot of japanese companies kind of like losing their way at the time they would eventually find their
0: way back in the next generation but I would say it, that's one of the weakest spots of the generation is Jap- like Japanese companies being very confused by the jump to HD. Um, I would say that it's also, though, the rise of like things like Western RPGs on console. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You talk about... Oblivion. Oblivion. Fallout. Fallout. Skyrim, which I know is on everything, but Skyrim was a big deal at the time. That was... You have the obsidian yeah. kind of level of RPGs starting to be... like, you know, For every Fallout 3... You also have New Vegas. You have games like Alpha Protocol that are not oh, yeah. good games, but w- crazy that they exist. I I, I will defend Alpha Protocol. To you this have day. you have BioWare kind of coming into their peak with the Mass Effect trilogy. The concept of games having saves that go through multiple games, where your like your actions in game one also affect actions in game three. You have the kind of. Deus Ex coming back with Human Revolution. Deus Ex, yeah. Love that game. <laughs> which is yeah, which I think also recently has kind of seen like a like a rebirth because people played Cyberpunk and went back and they're like, Wait, Deus Ex was actually really damn good. It was kinda of better than this Cyberpunk. Oh. <laughs> uh, you also have like speaking of uh C D Project Red, you have Witcher Two, which is an underrated, very good game that's underrated because it gets kind of it gets overlooked and forsh- and overshadowed by Witcher 3. That
1: 360 version that they did, I bought day and date because they were hyping it so much about, like, this RP... You hear so much about, like, the PC version having a really good RPG. And then I watched, like, developer interviews where they're like, the 360 version is going to be great. I bought that day and date, and I'm like, yeah, this is a really good 360 port of this yeah. game.
0: It's a, it's completely different, too, than the Witcher 3 ever was. It's, it's more completely- hub- linear Like, it's, oh, hub- yeah. it's hub-based. It's hub-based. It's not as, um... It's a story-wise, it's a smaller story, it's a, but it's a little bit more title. Geralt trying to clear his innocence. Yeah, yeah. It's a good Witcher two is a great game. It's oh yeah, great game. Um, I I really just feel like like I said you. I don't think you can argue that the previous generation didn't have more in in number of great games. But I think the experiences around video games start to change in that next generation, and that's when I was like. For me, it was the thing that I just couldn't get over—the concept that like online is now an accessible thing that all of us have, and we're all playing games together. Um, you know, you do have kind of like the 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 big flare up of music games, and it does die down very quickly after the Rock Band, and I, I would say come Rock Band two, things are already starting to go on the downward trend, but. I just, for me, the experiences that generation brought is why it's my favorite generation. Um, Do you know what my first online gaming experience
1: was? What? Smash Brothers Brawl. Which is pretty sh- shocking, but it's actually a very good game. It's a very good game, but the online was crap. Well,
0: like, <laughs> the Wii, while, you know, the Wii doesn't have as many great, quote unquote, games a lot of shovelware yeah a lot lot of of. shovel well but nintendo still did find ways to get some good stuff out on that thing that's just the The,
1: nintendo is always consistently the only one who can squeeze every bit of brilliance out of their consoles they've always been that way like the nintendo games always like are the most beautiful looking on the system like even like the games they release on the Switch, the Nintendo-wise, look like they can compete with, like, current gen in terms of, like, yeah. graphical fidelity. And then you get, like, a port of, like, a 360 game on it from, like, another developer and you're like, this is not well, like, looking good at all. It's also honestly.
0: just mentioned that there were several weird games that hit up on the Wii. Like, we just played one not long ago with No More Heroes. Mm-hmm. Like, there was some stuff that was still coming out there fast that was... Crazy kind of off the wall games that kind of got buried by a lot of that shovelware. But you didn't know
1: what were the hits were going to be. I haven't played, but I heard a lot of people talk about like Zack and Wiki,
0: yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like there was still a lot. I think those, I think you would be surprised if you look at like a full list of what came out on the Wii. The how many good games were there? It was just buried by the fact that everyone's getting sh- like 150 different... Everyone's uh, soured on that generation
1: by the end of it. I feel like... For well, no, not for the, the generation. Gen- no, no, no. Not the generation. The uh, Wii oh, specifically. Yeah. Yes, sorry. yes, yes, yes. No, I think, show, there, I think
0: Nintendo's lack of quality control on that console probably hurt it. Um, they Like I said, they, there was a lot of stuff that was just being... You look at their
1: eShop, It's kind of in the same yeah. situation right now, where you're like, "Where's the good stuff here?" <laughs> yeah,
0: Nintendo has an issue with quality control, they which is funny, have. which is hilarious because they're the people who had the Nintendo seal of quality. Back in the day, de- back in the day, they were all quality control. We're gonna be
1: our next game. We're gonna be talking about is a game that White like, didn't meet the console because of their like strict quality
0: control standards. Yeah, their- I. Like I said, I, for me, I think my entire argument about this generation, I'm wrapping up now, mm-hmm. is more of the experiences that generation brought compared to the num- the games themselves. I, I get that completely. And, like, th- it was when that generation came around is when you start seeing people who are sticking with games for longer than just uh, a couple of weeks, you know. You have people who just fall in love with a particular game for a long period of time, which is – both a double-edged sword because you are like, hey, you should experience more stuff than just this one game. But it also shows that games get to the point where you could just live in a ward for a hundred some hours, or you know, just become make a game almost like a sport to you with like a, a multiplayer game or whatever. It's a lot of great stuff, man. And like I said, the biggest thing also kept popping in my head was it made indie games accessible to people. That were not actually usually going to be able to find those kind of games. Exactly. So, yeah, that's my. Both of those generations are fucking amazing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's like, like the the kicker here, there is no right and wrong. There's just opinion. What? So somewhere out there, you're going to make an argument that like the uh, Atari was the greatest generation, and you. Could, I'd like to hear that argument. <laughs> I would love to hear that argument, but uh, you know, yeah, it's it it's fascinating man it's fascinating someone older
1: than me would argue about the super nintendo and have and the genesis and have really really good points there and i'd be like yeah you're you sounds like
0: you're <laughs> I, probably right cuz there's no there's no right or wrong for no, us i actually thought about it. i looked at the list of like super nintendo releases and i was like man there was a lot of amazing freaking video games
1: nintendo should game. look at that list of yeah, great super really nintendo should. games and
0: but also the genesis had a ton of great stuff
1: I still have my
0: Genesis. Hey, yeah, yeah, it's that—that's a good console. It's a good console. Um, yeah. So, in closing, those are two great generations. I'd love to talk about more about, like, do like an in-breakthrough of some of these personal video personal, game yeah. stories. it's yeah. fascinating. Um, we talk about what we're doing next. Let's talk about what we're doing next. Let's kind of lay a little bit of a roadmap out here. Uh, next episode of State of the Save will be on Night Trap. You know, the thing we're gonna do um we'll be playing through night trap and having a conversation about it it's a one shot uh then things are going to get a little bit weird uh i'm not entirely sure how things are going to go at this point uh i have a kid coming i have my second kid being born so i'm gonna probably be off the regular show for a little while at least maybe a couple of weeks um Michael is going to take uh, the reins there. He's got some cool guests lined up that I'm really excited about, and uh, he's going to be kind of doing some of the shows. I might be on those shows. I don't know, but there will be shows. <laughs> but Michael's going to be taking the lead for a few weeks. On the if you want to hop show. on, we can have you hop on. But we'll. I might be we'll... like doing reports from the parent front, like you know, <laughs> ten minute video, ten minute clips of Eric being like
1: I'm preparing I'm preparing stuff right now. Here's my notes on this game. Yes. <laughs> read but, read uh, this on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: but there's going I am excited cuz Michael's got some cool guests lined up. And he's got some cool stuff lined up. So show's going to be a little bit weird for a little while. Just while we do that transition. But um it's going to be I'm I think it's going to be kind of one of the more exciting parts of the show cuz I think the show's at its best when it's a wild card and you don't know what you're getting. And also, <laughs> I'm excited to have some more guests on here. Um, and I know, like I said, Michael's going to do a great job doing the host and stuff. And like I said, who knows? I might watches. still be on some. Okay. Oh, yeah. But, you know, that's kind of your roadmap for what's coming. Obviously, we'll probably be doing some file corrupted things like that, in between there. Um, then we have, during the fall, I've already I got some stuff I'm going to talk to Michael about. We got some, I got some ideas for some stuff coming up that I want to do. And then uh, we'll see. It's going to be a weird fall into winter, but I think that's the best time for this show because it's when we're all locked inside because it's cold as shit, and we got to play <laughs> some video games. <laughs> but as always, thank you guys. You can hit us up on social media at State of the Save, at Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok uh you can also send in your emails to state of the at gmail.com we love to read those also continue sending game suggestions had some people ask us about particular games keep doing that also the sonic adventures 2 thing is a go we will be doing it it will probably happen when I come back from the couple weeks off with the baby stuff uh, because I'm going – I cannot – I thought about it. I was like, oh, they can do where I'm going. But that kind of <laughs> that kind of breaks the spirit of the competition. <laughs> so I will be back to do those Sonic Adventure 2 shows. Uh, as always, thank you and uh, stay safe out there and have a good one.